I love the way God works. I love the way He puts things together. Kenny, we didn't talk about what I was going to use for a text today, did we? Well, my text today is uh, about Noah's flood. <laughs> I've seen this happen over and over and over in my <clears throat> Christian experience where God just kind of puts a whole service together. And nobody collaborates about it. Nobody talks about, well, what are you going to do? Or what are you going to God, through His Holy Spirit, just does it. And I love it when He does that. Amen. Um, our text this morning, I'm going to take from uh, Matthew chapter 24. If you want to turn there and read with me. Beginning in verse 36. Matthew 24, verse 36. Everybody look up at me when you're ready. Okay, here we go. But concerning that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father only. For as, as it were in the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day when Noah entered the ark. And they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away. So will be the coming of the Son of Man. Amen. Now, you'll flip back to the front of your Bible to Genesis. Genesis chapter 7. Genesis chapter 6, Genesis chapter 7, beginning at verse 1. Then the Lord said to Noah, Get into the ark, and you and all your household, <clears throat> for I have seen that you are righteous before me in this generation. In our generation, it's getting more difficult all the time to find a few righteous people. what Pam was talking about. I, <laughs> I struggled about whether to say this or not, but I, I think the Lord wants me to. There's coming a great divide in our nation. And it's going to be over abortion. As soon as the Supreme Court overturns Roe versus Wade. You're going to see a division in this country like you've never seen before. Probably comparable to the Civil War. It was half the nation against the other half of the nation. And it's going to be it's going to be bad. There's going to be rioting, there's going to be Murders, there's going to be every evil thing you can talk about, you can think about. It's going to happen. Uh, <laughs> I'm not a prophet, but the Lord does show me things. And when He does, uh, and when I get His permission, then I speak about them. <clears throat> 
and we had our session meeting, what, a couple weeks ago now? Um, the Lord told me to share it with the session before I share it with anyone else. So I did. And uh, everyone received it real well and uh, understood what I, I was saying, what the Lord was trying to say through me. So now I'm sharing it with you. So don't be surprised when you see things begin to tumble and this nation just go completely berserk. During that time, it's going to be very important for the church to be about the business of the kingdom. It's not going to be that uh, we're not going to be involved. <laughs> we're involved. Being a Christian, standing up for God, for what's right, <clears throat> puts you in a position where you are involved. Now, I know it's popular in the day that we live in to just kind of stand back and take things for granted and not pay a whole lot of attention to what's going on around us. Those days are over. It's time that the church has to wake up. There ain't no ifs, ands, and buts about it. The church is going to have to wake up. Slumber time is over. It's time to be the people that God has called us to be. To stand for the things he's called us to stand for. I don't understand how people can have parades and celebrate something that is an abomination to God. I, I can understand it too. <clears throat> the majority of the people don't pay any attention to God. To them, he's just a myth. He's just something that they don't understand, so they don't deal with it. That is no excuse. Judgment is still coming. We can't afford to stand around any longer and hope somebody else will do it. No. It's up to us. God's children. It's up to us to proclaim the word. It's up to us to <clears throat> stand against what's wrong and do it in a loving way. I'm not talking about doing something silly or obey, uh, disobeying God's word yourself just because you have <clears throat> something on the inside of you that needs to be said. <clears throat> There's a right way and there's a wrong way. And we need to learn how to do it the right way. We've did it. We've did it the wrong way long enough. When God began to speak to Noah. <coughs> 
excuse me. When God began to speak to Noah, and you've heard the story all of your life, all of your Christian life, how God told Noah to build an ark. There's a flood coming. He was, he was sorry. I mean, it literally says that God was sorry that he made mankind because they had become so evil. That's a pretty awesome thing to say, isn't it? And God said, I'm going to destroy my whole creation, every living thing, except for Moses, Moses, Noah and his family. And when you know, they spent 110 years building an ark, and everybody else was just uh, old weird Noah out there, he's building himself a boat. And that just shows the attitude of their heart that they, they weren't concerned about what was going on around them. They didn't understand what Brother Noah was preaching to them. And he preached every time he drove a nail in that ark or put another board on it, he was preaching the gospel to them. And they would not listen. Just like in our day, People won't listen. That don't mean we quit praying. That don't mean we quit preaching. It means that they're just hard of heart. Um, we're pretty much the same way today as they were back then. I mean, Jesus said it. He said it as it was in the days of Noah. So shall it be when I return. He is coming back. And I agree with uh, Brother Jonathan Kahn that it's not going to be much longer. Hey, if you die today, he's came for you. Amen. It's time that we get serious about the things of God. Now, I'm not, I'm not telling you that you're doing everything wrong. I, I'm preaching to myself, really. There's things in my life I'm not proud of. Uh, one of the things I, I struggle with constantly is it seems like when I'm at church, I'm just kind of, kind of free, you know, I just let the Lord flow through me. He tells me something, I share it. But it seems like uh, at home, there's kind of another Frank who's not all the time talking about God, who's not reading his word every day like we're supposed to. I read a lot of, of books, uh, Usually all the books I read has something to do with Scripture. And uh, that's where I got this message from. I'm reading a book right now. Well, I, actually, I've already read it once. And it was so good, I went back and picked it up, and I'm reading it again. And you notice, <laughs> when you do that, when you 
look at something. The second time you see stuff in it you've never seen before. God has spoken to me so much through his word, through the things that I missed the first time I read that book. It's called The Summoning, and it's, about, it's by a guy by the name of uh, Carl Gallops. He's a pastor in a church down in Florida. Uh, very good pastor. And he's a very good author, very good relater. He, he's got a he's got a an anointing to take the things of God and put them on paper and then as you read it that anointing just flows out of those words flows into your life. Do you agree with me that we're living in a time period that's like the days of Noah? I mean, people are just going about their, their life, just doing what is normal, if we can use that word anymore. <laughs> uh, they were marrying, they were selling, they were just going about life just as normal and thinking about everything that they thought was important. Well, at the same time, God set before them an ark and a man that was preaching the gospel to them, telling them that destruction was coming. You know, we live in a time where We're pretty much the same way where we don't pay much attention to the things of God, at least not the way we should. Uh, and God has told us that uh, there's a flood coming. It's going to be not a flood that's going to destroy the earth again. God said he would never do that like Kenny's song. Next time it'll be before, and that's going to be pretty neat because he's going to remake everything. He's going to destroy everything else by far. Then he's going to rec recreate everything, and it's going to look just like the Garden of Eden was supposed to be. You realize that God is bringing the new heaven to earth, and it's going to be perfect. There's not going to be any sin, there's not going to be any defilement, there's not going to be anything that's ungodly. It's going to be the Garden of Eden. And that's where we're going to live for eternity. And what we're going to do, I don't know. My mind can't comprehend the things that God has in store for us. I just know it's going to be wonderful. It's going to be great. It's going to be so awesome. But my heart breaks for the people that are, are not heeding the Word of God, not preparing for that day when Jesus returns. Jesus is returning for us. Amen? He's coming back. Just like He came the first time as a baby, grew to be a man, 
was nailed to a cross to pay for our sins. And now everybody that puts their trust in him and is born again is a child of God. And God is coming back for his children. Uh, and that, that brings uh, about a, a point that's been debated and uh, when is the rapture going to happen? Well, I know what I believe, and I know there's a lot of people that believe something different than what I believe, but I'm going to take the advice of a, a friend of, of Barb's and, and myself that uh, he's an evangelist, and if I said his name, everybody would know who he is. And I heard him say this, and, and when he said it, it just quickened in my heart. I'm not going to argue with people about when the rapture is going to happen. I know what I believe, and we're going to find out who's right. Amen? Amen. I, I've seen people get in knockdown, throw-out arguments <clears throat> over when the rapture is going to happen. Just know this. It's going to happen. Amen? It's not our job to... I, I, don't you know God could have let us know exactly when it was going to take place if he had wanted to? I think... And this is just me. I think God... Uh, <laughs> sometimes just hides things, even from his children. And the reason he does that is so we learn to love each other. Amen? I mean, you know, when I was a kid growing up, and I was taught this from my family life, if you didn't agree with somebody, you had to be mad at them. And I spent good portion of my life feeling that way. Uh, if I didn't agree with somebody, instantly they become an enemy. Well, God's changed me. I don't feel that way anymore. Uh, if I don't agree with somebody now, hey, we can still be friends. I still love you. But it's not something we have to argue about. We can agree to disagree if nothing else. So I think what God is saying to us this morning is that we need to come to a place in our life where we're just not going about business as usual. You've got to live your life. I know that. But at the same time, you can keep things in, in priority of importance. And the most important thing is the fact that Jesus is coming back. And we can all agree on that fact, that he is coming back. But let us not get so involved in life that we become tunnel vision. You know, when you got 
that's the reason they put those blinders on the horses so they can't see to the side. All they can see is straight ahead. <clears throat> and if we're not careful, we could get spiritual blinders put on our eyes so that we can't see clearly. All we can see is what's just right in front of us. God wants us to, God is actually warning us to wake up. Warning us to pay attention to what his word says. And like I said, we've got to live our lives. We've got to do things. We've got to, you know, all the things of life that is required of us. But at the same time, let's keep our vision upon Jesus, upon his cross, upon his return, upon what he has in store for us. Right here where we're living now is nothing more than a getting ready spot. We live in this little sliver of time compared to eternity. We've got about 70, 80, 90, maybe 100 years piece of time to live in. And that is where we make the most critical decision of our life. Are we going to believe God what he's done for us and trust him or we're going to do like most people just reject him in the book that I was telling you about and I, the author can't prove this and I can't prove it either but I think it's probably pretty pretty clear when uh, they got on the ark God shut the door and the waters came and the ark began to, to rise and float. He says he thinks that people, the, the people inside the ark could actually hear the people on the outside clinging to the ark, just, just holding on for all they could and hear their screams and then it began to get silent until all those screams were gone. That's because all the people who didn't trust God had drowned, perished. We don't have to perish. God is going to pour his wrath out upon all those people who have rejected him. But God has not saved us for wrath. He saved us unto salvation. Amen. That is so important. Uh, that gives me the peace of knowing that whatever happens in the future, amen, he's got it. We don't have to live in fear. We don't have to live in dread. All we have to live in is joy and peace happiness, and that's what we need to strive for. It gets so close to God that our lives are full of Him and full of His peace. Do you know you can be going through the nastiest situation you can imagine and still have the peace of God in your heart? Amen. Anybody ever experienced that? 
Amen. So let's turn our attention to God. Let's trust in Him. Let's not be like those who perished in the flood. And there will be many who will perish when the Lord comes back. There's, a, there's two judgments that are talked about. At the marriage supper of the Lamb, that's where God's children are going to be. And we're going to be judged. We're going to be judged on what we've done for the kingdom. We're not going to be judged for any sins. Sins are forgiven. But we are going to be judged. And I think it's going to be <clears throat> really difficult when God begins to real, reveal to us the things in this life that he had for us to do. And we didn't do them. I think it's going to break our hearts. Then there's another judgment. It's called the white white throne judgment. That's where all the dead, the dead are going to be resurrected too. And every unrighteous person is going to be at the white throne judgment. And God is going to open the books and he's going to tell them the things that they did wrong in their life. we're not going to be there I've heard people preach before that all the Christians will be at the white throne judgment no we're not going to be there we're saved we're going to heaven we've already been judged the day that we accepted Jesus and allowed him to come into our hearts and into our lives. That was judgment. And we've been judged and found righteous because of Jesus. Not because of anything we could do or anything we've done, simply because of Jesus. When God looks down from heaven and he sees you and me, you know what he sees? He sees a righteous person through the blood of Jesus. That ought to be a amen right there. Amen. 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 Okay. Well, <clears throat> that's uh, that's basically all I've got to say. Uh, one more thing here. At the end of the eighth chapter, there's a there's a verse. And I know you've heard this before, but you hear so much talk today about climate change and uh, carbon pollution and uh, the world's heating up and we're all going to flood and all this stuff. And Listen to this. This is, a, this is a word spoken by God. I think we can take it to the bank. Amen. Chapter 8, verse 22. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. Amen. Amen. So all these climate change people, they just need to take a chill pill. God's in control. God's got it. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for this time this morning. I thank you, Lord, for putting this day together for us.
Uh, only you could do that, Father. Lord, I pray that if there be anyone here this morning that have heard these words and have not accepted you as the Lord and Savior of their life, that they would do so. Lord, as we sing this last hymn, I just invite anyone who would like to do that to just come up and meet with the elders and we'll share Jesus with them and welcome them into the kingdom of God. And if there's anybody here, Father, that just needs to rededicate their lives to you, they've stumbled and fallen, Lord, we invite them to come too. You are God of restoration. And Lord, you love your children, even the naughty ones. So Lord, we just ask you to, to be with us this morning as we close the service. And just speak to each person's heart, Father. There'll be someone here that needs prayer for something, Lord. Let them come up too. Lord, we thank you, we praise you, and we honor you. In the precious name of Jesus, amen.